Hello fellow Griever. Today, you have reached Season 3, Episode 23 of the Leftover Pieces Suicide Loss Conversations Podcast, and I am Melissa, your host. Today, you have reached one of my shorter solo episodes where I go down the rabbit hole to talk about things that are on my mind or possibly topics related to suicide loss as I have experienced in my journey of almost six years since losing my son Alex to suicide. Today, I want to take just a quick second before I dive down the rabbit hole and talk about a couple of things really quick. First is that season three, yeah, is coming to a close here in the next few weeks. However, never fear, season four is right around the corner. Just like last year, I plan to take July off, and I kind of put that in air quotes because I do plan to still put out content, but I will be taking the month off of recording and my schedule will be much freer. I do this on purpose. I do this as a self-care and self-aware step to be sure that I stay um, focused and in good form to be serving others as I wish to be doing through the leftover pieces. So as we come to um, a wrap up in the next couple episodes of this season, I want to let you know that with season four that will be debuting on August 7th, which happens this year to coincide with the sixth anniversary of the loss of my son Alex to suicide in 2016. I will be releasing a very special first episode for the season. And I want you to know that some things will stay as expected, just as they have been. There will be many familiarities to the podcast It will be full of meaningful, hopefully thought-provoking conversations with people that I know are amazing, healing human beings. I also plan to bring a few surprises, maybe a tweak or two, just enough to kind of mix things up and keep things interesting. But it, you know, there's an old saying that says when it's not broken, don't fix it. I don't feel like there's anything wrong with the podcast the way it is. I actually um, love speaking with all of you and love bringing the podcast to everyone. It's just always fun to add a few different things. So look for those in the coming um, weeks as I get closer to launching season four. And as always, if you or someone you know would be interested in talking to me and having a conversation for the podcast or sharing their experience or wisdom, please message me or send me an email and uh, let's connect on that. Also, The other thing I want to make sure I touch base on here is that if you haven't visited my website recently, theleftoverpieces.com, please do. It's where, it's just a basic, it's a hub. I've worked really hard to put this website together and, you know, I will continue to work to refine it because I don't feel like something like that's ever done. I want to make sure it stays updated and current and that I add new things to it. But right now I feel like it's a really good solid hub of all things the leftover pieces. So it's going to be a place where you can find all the books and downloadables. There's some really exciting downloadables coming in the next um, probably few weeks from the time of the release of this podcast. 
There are, um, are links to the support groups that I hold online and much more. And there's even a brand new exciting um, announcement of a wait list that I'm offering for a special limited seat curated mastermind group that I will be starting in 2023. And so you can go on and read about that if you feel like you're at a place in your healing that something like that might be of interest to you. So yes, be sure to check out the leftoverpieces.com. It links to everything, including this podcast. So without further ado, I'm going to dive down the rabbit hole today and start this episode. One day, not so long ago, I ran across a blog. I was searching for undoubtedly something Alice in Wonderland. And I know that I call this down the rabbit hole. And a lot of people talk about going down the rabbit hole when they're, you know, going off on a tangent. But I actually came up with calling my solo episodes down the rabbit hole for many reasons, but the smallest of which is not the fact that I have always been a lover of Alice in Wonderland and Through the Looking Glass. The books first, but also uh, the many different renditions of the movies as well. And Alice in Wonderland as a story has always been something that I found fascinating, but it has never hit me like it has since I've been a griever. And so when at least it never resonated with me the same as it has when I since I've been a griever, um, since I've lost my son six years ago. And I found this blog from an author and I'll share a little bit more about it as I go along. I will, of course, put her name and a link to this blog in the show notes because I want to give due credit. I am not reading, this is not my own words, I am reading from a blog today because this resonates so much with me and I just wanted to share this wonderful author's name is Gemma Cannon and she's an author and she happens to be a grief specialist. So now I don't think, I don't think suicide loss is part of her story, but I just found this, like it almost like kind of knocked me sideways when I was like, I'm not the only one that thinks Alice in Wonderland resonates with grief. So I'm going to read to you from this. It's kind of story hour. And I know I don't normally do something like that, but this is such a, a, a cool blog that I just wanted to read with it. And then I will share the links with you in the show notes to be able to, to download the things that I'm going to tell you about at the end. So it's called Wisdom for the Grieving Soul, Transform Your Grief, A Secret Strategy from Wonderland's Alice. I mean, you can see why right away I dove in, right? So here we go. Again, I'm reading from this blog and I will link it in the show notes. Grief Guidance from a Surprising Source. Grief throws a long shadow of fear and anxiety. It's easy when mired in grief-induced fear to fall into a pit of despair and an underworld devoid of hope and happiness. So how can we get through it? How can we, when deep in the darkness of grief, find our way into the light? How do we transform our inner inferno of hell into a wonderland of inner enlightenment? How can we honor the memory of our dear loved ones and live the life we put on the, were put on this planet to live, even as we grieve? We find a helpful teacher in Alice, the seven-year-old heroine of Lewis Carroll's classic story, 
Alice in Wonderland, who presents an alternate option for living in dark times. Down the rabbit hole of grief. What Alice did, and we can too. Grief hurls us into dark, confusing world where competency is replaced by an aptitude and our sense of self is overturned. We've fallen through our own version of Alice's rabbit hole where we've lost control and nothing is certain. At first, to outside eyes, we might seem to have it all together, but soon, like Alice, following her infamous fall down the dark and strange rabbit hole, we enter a dark, confusing world where competency is replaced by ineptitude, normalcy has disappeared, and our sense of self is overturned. Lost and Alone Like Alice, we're constantly accosted by a strange gloss coating our once familiar world. Things are slightly off and out of place. Like Alice, one moment we feel competent and the next moment we're not. We're too big, we're too small. We feel odd, like we have dark inner secret and we no longer fit in. And like Alice, in the isolation of our oddness, we cry a boatload of water and almost drown in our own pool of tears. We try to make sense of our world, but our mind is in a brain fog and nothing comes out right. Things we've always known, we've now forgotten. We're always chasing the answer. If only we had the right key to open the right door. If only someone would direct us to the right path to follow. We're not even sure who we are anymore. We've forgotten how to be. Luckily for us, Alice, Wonderland's heroine, has a secret to share. In the aftermath of Alice's plunge down the rabbit hole, unanticipated changes thrust upon our young heroine. A baby turns into a pig. A mad tea party is the new normal. A grinning cat vanishes at will. A deck of cards are footed soldiers who paint white roses red. And all inhabitants fear the badly named Queen of Hearts, whose constant refrain is off with his head but Lewis Carroll doesn't spin a tale of terror in a terror tale his heroine would have no control in a terror tale Alice would be victimized by the outrage of the Red Queen the bravado of the White Queen hurried avoidance of the White Rabbit verbal assault by the Battered King fear-filled obedience in the, of the deck of cards, and the pomposity of the Mad Hatter. But this is Wonderland, not Terrorland. And in this story, our heroine doesn't choose to be terrified and burdened by the fears that would follow. Instead, she wonders over the world she's entered, and by applying curiosity to her ponder, she keeps fear at bay. From the moment she falls down the rabbit hole, Alice wonders, Either the well was very deep, writes Lewis Carroll, 
or she fell very slowly, for she had plenty of time as she went down to look about her and to wonder what was going to happen next. I wonder, says Alice, how many miles I've fallen. I wonder what latitude or longitude I've got to. I wonder, she asks herself, if I will fall right through the earth. When she is trapped in the hallway of doors without a key, she wonders how she will get out again. And when she grows so tall that her feet are almost out of sight, she still doesn't panic, but she wonders who would put on her shoes and stockings. And when she begins to shrink so small that she just might disappear, she is nervous. But instead of engaging in panic, she wonders. It might end, you know, said Alice to herself. Am I going out altogether like a candle? And so she tried to fancy what the flame of a candle is like after the candle is blown out, for she could not remember ever having seen such a thing. Throughout her journey, Alice often feels lonely, melancholic, and low-spirited. But wonder keeps her engaged, and it keeps her going. Whatever the obstacles, she wonders, what will happen next? When the Queen of Hearts, on seeing her, shouts off with her head, wonder helps Alice find her voice, and she shouts back to her surprise, Nonsense! Throughout Alice's story, wonder transforms her challenge into adventures and wonder helps to keep her inner self intact until she can know her full size and worth. And so, because of her habit to wonder and not worry, by the story's end, she can brush away her antagonists and dismiss them as a deck of cards. Wonder has transformed her curiosity into boldness and she can step into herself again. Even in our darkest grief, we too can mitigate fear when we apply curiosity and wonder to the world around us and within us, when we set the channel of our brain to its wonderland setting. Then like Alice, our fears can be right-sized and our mind reset to resolve issues rather than be beaten by them. It's a minor tweak with major results. Like Alice, we can use wonder to distinguish between forces that hurt us and forces that help us. We can use wonder to buy ourselves a little brain bandwidth, a bit of mind adjustment that can help sustain us through our hardest days. Like Alice, even in our darkest grief, we can mitigate fear when we apply curiosity to the world around us and within us. It can seem like a minor thing to do. But a simple brain retweak when we're worn down by grief may give us the much needed brain bandwidth to do things like deliberately complete daily tasks, make good choices, continue key connections for living with grief, like connections with others, connections to the divine within us, connection with the love between our beloved that does not end in death. As modeled by Alice, the act of wonder is not an act of denial, but an act of empowerment that can keep us to move through hard times intact and resolute. So why not, like Alice, choose to wonder? 
we need only mirror her strategy to make it our own. Self-improvement can be exhausting, and when battled by grief, we don't have excess energy to do a complete inner overhaul. Happy for us, it's easy and free to apply Alice's wonder hack. It begins with two words, I wonder, and then we need only add something to wonder about. It's easy to do, even if we feel overwhelmed and out of control. We can say a wonder phrase when we wake up, and we can say wonder phrases all throughout the day. We can even wonder our way into a better day. And no one will ever guess we're engaging a wonder hack. There's so much to wonder about when we turn our mind in this direction. Who will we meet today? What will we read today? What will we learn? What will we discover We need only create an inner deck of wonder cards with our personalized prompts to, like Alice, create a wonder landscape within us. So I will quit reading and then I will paraphrase from here on out because at this point, the author, again, her name is Gemma Cannon, and I will link her and this blog and this downloadable that I'm about to tell you in the show notes. But I think you'll agree with me that a lot of what she says in there, it's like, I feel like I've channeled her. She's channeled me or something, but we obviously have the same take on Alice in Wonderland. There's just so much good um, knowledge to apply um, in that book for grievers and how we see the world. Um, She has a downloadable gift. She says who we grieve um, we who grieve know that life is short, and in our days on this planet, we are they're numbered. So why not, like Alice, wander our way through dark and challenging times? So what she's giving is what she calls her own wonder hack, and she says to help get started, she's created a downloadable wonder hack cards. Um, there's a deck of downloadable cards here. Um, And she says we can think of this as a starter set, a foundation to wander our way into a wonderful world to keep our bandwidth, uh, brain bandwidth to keep fear and anxiety at bay. And then it's a down at at the when I give you the link in the show notes, you'll go to the bottom of the blog and you'll be able to click on this um, wonder hat cards for hard times, wonder your way through wondrous life. I'm probably going to print them off myself. I think they're pretty ingenious. I think some of you know that along with my book series, I'm working on three decks of cards to go with them. Um, This is obviously not one of my decks of cards. um, And I plan to actually have real cards produced that, um, to go with each deck, but this one is just lovely because I think that um, it's really nice that it can be downloaded and just give you prompts to be able to, I mean, maybe even just download them and then screenshot them in today's world, or you could download them on your phone and then you could screenshot them and you would have, you know, you could make them different screenshots. That might be a good idea. Um, And then it would give you the, the wonder hack for the day. Um, I'm going to open this while I'm here talking to you. And like the very first, after you get through the first few slides that talk about, 
you know, what Alice can teach kind of paraphrases the blog a little bit and the directions on how she foresees these cards being used. Wonder hat card number one says, begin the day like the white queen. The white queen recommends that you begin to wonder first thing in the morning, even if you don't believe your wonderings. It's kind of like what I've said before, when even if you don't believe you can survive this. Believe those of us that have gone before you when we say that you can. And then the quote on this card says, I dare say, it's a quote from, of course, Alice in Wonderland. I dare say you haven't had much practice, said the White Queen. Why, sometimes I've believed as many as six impossible things before breakfast. It's a quote I've used a lot before, too. So she has one, two, three. I'm looking to see how many downloadable cards are. It looks like there might be 10. Yep, 10. And then... um. Oh, then she, so yeah, so she's 10, and I think she encourages you to write more. And she also has written a book um, called Voices of the Night Grief. I know nothing about it, so um, I plan to take a look at that too and then uh, give you a, a review after I uh, read through that book um, because I think that sounds interesting too. So... For now, um, I will wrap up this episode. Um, that was kind of fun. Maybe I will occasionally do some form of a story hour. I actually have several short children's books that would be kind of um, fun to read for these rabbit hole episodes with a little bit of a lesson or teaching around them. So... I might do something like that. Let me know if that's interesting at all to have things um, read like that. I know I like listening to audiobooks, so it could definitely be something fun to do once in a while. Um, let me know what you think. And beyond that, please do rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts if you haven't already done so. If you have, I am so appreciative. Every time someone rate and reviews, it helps get the podcast a little bit more noticed, um, which just means we're helping reach other grievers that need to find a community and a space where they don't feel so alone and can also uh, connect and find some comfort of this community. There's just a couple more episodes left. There will be a final episode and probably one more rabbit hole in this season. And then in July, I will release the season three recap, which I always do. I've done a season one and a season two recap. So if you ever wonder which episodes you might have missed going to those season recaps, I actually briefly recap each episode, who I spoke to and what I talked about. I do not recap the rabbit hole episodes, but I recap all of my conversations just to give people an idea uh, that they could maybe jot down a few that they hadn't listened to because the titles I try to make informative, but obviously it's not always completely apparent who the person is and what loss they've experienced. And I know a lot of times that may be more relatable if it's a loss that you um, find parallels with your own. And then I will also release a couple other bonus episodes in July. And I might also have a feature episode 
as well, where I feature another person's podcast that I feel like you would enjoy listening to their episode on suicide loss. And then we will start season four on August 7th. So um, just wanted to give you a little bit of an insight on what's coming up. And thank you, as always, for sharing this time and space with me. I am always just a bit saddened to welcome new people to the community because this isn't a place any of us ever wanted to find ourselves. But just know that we are here and welcome you and are holding a space for you with open arms. So until the next episode or until we connect in a support group or inside one of my community spaces, I will hold you in my thoughts. Talk soon.